Welcome to Reframed, the podcast about disability and media. In this series, we shine a light on how people with disability are represented on our screens. Why is this important? Because authentic representation matters. Media is powerful, and more often than not, they get it very, very wrong. My name is Jason Climo, and I'll be your host. Join me, my co-hosts, and a wonderful selection of guests as we review, analyze, and score disability representation in TV and film. So welcome back, everyone, to the Reframed podcast, our episode five here, which is exciting. And this week we have some really awesome things going on. We will be analysing two pieces of media. Our TV show for today will be The Politician. Robin and I are going to dissect the shit out of that, and I'm excited. And then second, we will have our, our amazing guest, obviously, for today is Jason McCurry. Um, Jason works at CYDA, and um, he's going to tell you a bit about what that means and a bit about why disability representation is important to him. Um, very excited to get that snapshot into his life, um, and we'll introduce him a bit later. Then lastly, we'll be dissecting a quite a big budget film, uh, A Quiet Place, and I think our two pieces today are quite interesting um, because they were quite good, but then there's things that I think could um, be done better. And normally I feel like in this series we're like ripping things to shreds. So it's kind of nice to have a bit of like a positive uh, episode here. But as always, there's ways that uh, our, you know, creatives could be doing uh, a better job. Um, And one of those is by casting inclusively, um, which is something we'll chat a bit more today with my co-host, Robin. So thank you so much for joining me, Robin. You've been up to a lot recently, actually. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Um, you're, you're a busy, busy person. Yeah, no, I've been pretty busy. I've just got back from Canberra, um, literally, on last Friday. So went yeah. there for a little training camp and, um, yeah, a little competition. As usual, Canberra probably amazing weather. So it was a, it was a pretty <laughs> rubbish competition in a storm. But I did see um, that. And I was yeah, like, was uh... Great. <laughs> it was great to catch up with the uh, the rest of the Aussie crew. So, yeah. and then yeah, just been um, doing a little bit of work with Jason, who we'll be speaking with uh, as well today. So yeah, yeah, so tell me about that. I didn't even know. Yeah, so they're basically running like a, a leadership mentoring program. Um, so cool. So just hooking up with some young people to sort of help them, um, you know, figure out what they need to do to follow their their passions and, and um, you know what they want to achieve this year. So. Yeah, it's really exciting and I'm really looking forward to speaking to Jason as well because he's, uh, he's a really cool guy. So you mentoring for things like around sport and maybe modelling and around um, that kind yeah, of Yeah, so topic? it's basically just sort of life with a disability but they have paired me with another athlete, which is awesome. So I'll be cool. able to give them a little bit of direction um, in, in that area. Um, yeah, just sort of, you know, how to sort of uh, take the next steps in their career or um, you know, in their studies as a person with a disability and some of the barriers that they might face and how to navigate those. So, yeah, yeah. it's a really awesome program. How to get, like, bonds to reshare your posts. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> how to be hot as fuck. <laughs> no, yeah, what I love about it. yourself? Have you been up to anything exciting? Lots. I quit my day job the other day, which is exciting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. I haven't told many people. Um, been too busy. And then, so I like 12 months ago, started my own marketing agency, which is kind of cool. Um, and that's blown up. And then working on amazing things like this with Attitude Foundation is mm. really cool. Um, and it's just got too busy to go into an office and sit there for four days and be like, this is boring. I'd rather do cool stuff and talk to people <laughs> like yourself. So, How awesome is that, hey? 
<laughs> it is really cool. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, like pinching myself a little bit. A little like, bit stressful. Did I actually do this? Like, I, oh, I've actually done it. <laughs> no, but it's really good. Really, really good. So I'm excited. Anyway, back on topic. Let's get stuck straight into our first piece of media. Like I said before, um, it's The Politician, which is a TV ser- series on Netflix. So let's get into it. The Politician is an American comedy drama series currently streaming on Netflix. Each season focuses on a different campaign run by its title character, Peyton Horbach, presumably on his way to being the President of the United States. In season one, he runs for the student body president of his high school. But the show's really about what happens when an entire culture decides that some voices matter more than others, so it's no surprise that its cast is pretty diverse. One member of that cast is disabled actor Ryan Haddad, who plays Andrew Cashman, a character with cerebral palsy. Yeah, wow, this is a really interesting one, Kate. Um, I felt um, very sort of torn with this in terms of, like, I think they did some things really well, um, especially, you know, having the character Andrew, who was a character with cerebral palsy and yeah. that being passed authentically with a with an actor with a disability and sort of, you know, his whole character, um, I think it's only mentioned once that he has CP and the rest of the time he's just sort of this really, like, sassy sort of engaging character. Yeah. Um, which I thought so was sexy. awesome. But then there was a few things, there was like a few things where I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what they're really like implying there. There was sort of like a Munchausen's by proxy sort of subplot yeah. where they were, you know, using disability or faking disability for attention. And that was, that made me feel a little bit uneasy. Um, so yeah, I was really, really torn. How about you? Look, I. I loved that whole, like the character of Cerebral Palsy was obviously amazing and incidental and genuine representation. I'm like, tick, 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 tick. Like I just get so excited because, yeah. again, like we set that bar so low. But I'm like, I loved that so much. But then, yeah, I there were just random things where I couldn't tell where I was like, was this done in like on purpose so that we would have like, a lull moment or was it done accidentally and it's actually yeah. a bit shit in terms of its framing? Like there's this whole scene where yeah. the main character, because if you haven't watched The Politician, then you need to get around it. But like, it's all around like politics and how people use different tactics and evil tactics to um, get themselves elected. And one of the evil tactics that one of the um, main characters uses is that he is going to... Um, have someone with special needs on his um, ticket so that he's more approachable and more likable. <laughs> and I was like, this is kind of funny to me because it seems like they've done this on purpose to make it out like he's an asshole and it's a bit like inspo porny or something. Um, yeah. But then I was kind of like, hang on, was this done on purpose or not? Like, as if not, then it is bad and like using I you know I don't agree with the use of mm. like terms like special needs to talk about like the whole community um so to have things like that where I just was like a bit more explanation here would have meant that I enjoyed it a bit more and, and felt like they'd done something quite yeah deliberate and hilarious but I wasn't sure um, <laughs> am I right that it's it's sort of produced it's produced by Ryan is it Ryan Murphy produced, yeah. Is it? Is it? yeah 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 same that does sort of yeah, so he obviously has sort of a bit of, um, you know, a track record of sort of uh, including disability in his narratives and, and 
um, actors and stuff with disabilities. So that kind of makes me think that he would be doing it on purpose. And, and the fact that he sort of, when casting the character of Andrew, like they were very specific that they wanted, you know, an actor with a disability to portray that authentically. But yeah. then, you know, without speaking to him, you just don't know. Like so there is sort of that tokenism in politics in general. Yeah, um, literally. So, yeah, you just don't, you don't really know, I guess. It makes it hard to judge. I know. If Ryan Murphy's listening and watching along, we want you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we'll have you. <laughs> then we can ask all the questions. Like, did you do it on purpose? But if he is watching, then he'd probably be like, yeah, totally. Definitely did that on purpose. <laughs> what I loved yeah. as well about some of the characters is it showed, like, how they were marginalised but also, like, problematic as fuck. Like, um, you know, it, it showed mm-hmm. how real and, like, how, I guess, I think there's this idea sometimes when representing people with disability as well where you're either, like, the villain or like some perfect angel person that like everybody feels sorry for and, you know, or loves and like you're like a hero or something where it's like this showed real people, I think, like in a very dramatic kind of comedic way as well. But it showed that like people with disability are also ableist as fuck sometimes and I love that. (laughs) I don't love that people with disability (laughs) are ableist, but I love that they were shown in that genuine light. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I found that that was really good. Like things felt like relatively genuine most of the time I felt. So um, other than like all the dramatised bullshit, obviously, but like the way that they represented disability, I felt, um, I mean, out of the whole school, I felt like they probably could have had other characters with disability involved as well, though. So that was probably one of the things that I took points off for. Was there anything else that you sort of felt was not done well? Yeah, I agree. Like, obviously, it, it would have been good to see, you know, some more um, characters with disability, but I thought it was mm. great that, you know, they were sort of really inclusive of different sexualities and, and gender diversity. And, I mean, you know, realistically, I was, like, the only disabled person in my high school. So so I guess That's that is true. sort of a realistic um, experience for some people. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I really, like you said, I kind of liked that, that Andrew, this character, was kind of obnoxious and, and rude because we do have this archetype, like, in the, in the media that, like, people with disabilities are, like, these, like, innocent, inspiring characters. Literally. But, like, you know, some people are just not good people, like, whether they're disabled or not. Um, <laughs> some people so, are just yeah, fucking thought, assholes. Again, like, other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, it was sort of, for me, like, really in the middle of what, I would like to see um, from the disability narrative, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, then on on, the, on that note, I feel like I can sort of guess what your score is going to be because we're always the same. What did you give out of five <laughs> on the inclusive? Again, like, literally. Um, I gave it a three and a half. Yeah, perfect. That's exactly the same as me, probably for very similar reasons. I think there's more seasons coming as well because there's obviously, you know, there's a few, I think there's is it two or three seasons already now. Anyway, there's another season coming and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in that as well because it, like I always say, will be quite tokenistic if it's just like that one character that's continuing to be in it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it'll be interesting to see if they look to employ other actors with disability and and get other kind of narratives built around the disability experience um, into the series as well. But, yeah, like you said, Ryan Murphy has done it before, sometimes pretty shit, sometimes pretty well. Um, so I think, yeah, time will tell. I think time will tell. And Ryan, if you're listening, come on. 
they want you. <laughs> and I think as well, just on that, like you said, sort of Ryan does it sometimes really well and sometimes, mm. you know, not so well. And I mm. think that's the importance of having people with disabilities, not just like in front of the camera, but also in the team behind sort of informing um, the scripts and the narratives. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, like, again, like, as the seasons go on, does it seem that like it's a little bit more informed, the, the portraying of disability yeah. or not? Yeah. yeah, like how kind of and how deep the narrative goes as well. Because, like, even yeah. um, with Andrew, like, I don't think we, like, really follow him home and, like, see, like, a lot of the behind the scenes of his life sort of thing. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see that and maybe a bit more, like, intersectionality as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that would be very interesting. But again, we're the same. <laughs> Three and a half out of five. Just always on the same level. <laughs> I know, always on that same wavelength. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's all that I really have to say about that. And I'm really excited to have our special guest come on, um, Jason McCurry, and get a bit of an insight into what he does and what he's passionate about and why representation is important to him. Um, we've got some cool questions prepared for him. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited just to get, you know, a bit of a snapshot into how he feels about representation at the moment, um, and what he thinks can be done better. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jason. We're so excited to have you on the Reframed podcast. Did you just want to start off by letting everyone know who you are, what you do, who you work for, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me, Jason Robin. Awesome to be here. Um, so my name's um, Jason McCurry. Um, I use the pronouns he, him, uh, and I'm calling today um, from Melbourne uh, on Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations. Um, yeah, so um, I have lived experience of disability. Um, I live with Tourette syndrome, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, and generalised anxiety disorder. Um, and I, um, yeah, always had a massive passion for inclusion. Um, and mid last year, um, started working, um, at children, and young people with disability Australia, um, in their youth action team, which is really exciting. So, um, get to, um, work with young people with disability all around, uh, Australia, um, doing some amazing things. So great to be here. Very excited to have you. So good to have you, Jason. We're really stoked to speak to you. Um, so obviously you've mentioned you work with um, CYDA and it's it's clear, you know, in our previous conversations that you sort of have this real passion for um, empowering young people with disability to, you know, be the change they wish to see in the world around them. Um, so did you want to explain a little bit more about what you do with CYDA and, and why you think that's so important? Yeah, thanks, Robin. Um, so, yeah, I guess CIDA, our acronym, um, yeah, we're the National Representative Organisation uh, for Children and Young People. Um, so the ages um, zero to 25. Um, so um, I guess more traditionally, we do a lot of work around policy and advocacy, um, but more recently um, in kind of my roles um, based around programs, events and workshops. Um, so it's all around the leadership um, uh, leadership and development of young people. Um, so I guess the youth I work with is generally between 15 and 25, uh, and it's really working with them um, in different programs, in group work, but also individually, um, and help, uh, I guess supporting them to achieve whatever their ambitions are. Um, so that might be further study, um, post school, uh, that might be employment, uh, any social goals they have, um, and working. Yeah, I guess um, we run a number of different events and programs. Um, obviously, Robin and Jason, um, fortunately yeah. enough, um, 
both had you speak last year at the summit, uh, which was um, co-designed by Young People Disability, um, which was the summit was the first of its kind, uh, an inclusive safe space uh, online um, for young people with disability under the age of 30. Um, so yeah, pretty much um, revolutionary event, um, such a cool cool thing to be part of. Um, mm. More recently, um, we're coordinating our inaugural um, leadership program. Um, so 10 young leaders are currently going um, through that journey. Um, and yeah, just um, really exciting. I guess the importance of it is, um, I think like um, young people uh, at a young age, we face many barriers, um, the systems and stereotypes that exist. Um, so I guess supporting young people and empowering them um, to do whatever they want uh, and reach their ambitions at an early age is really important. So yeah, really grateful for the work I get to do with CIDA. Yeah, it's bloody awesome. awesome. And thank you so much, obviously, for having Robert and I on that uh, summit. I was honoured to be asked. Such a now, great experience, hey? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. There were so many amazing speakers. So next year, I, uh, everyone listening along to this needs to get involved in that summit, um, follow along, and listen to the amazing things that they're doing. Um, so I guess leading into, you know, you're obviously so passionate about inclusion and this whole podcast is framed around TV and film and representation. So this question is really pretty pivotal to the whole thing, but why do you think it's so important for people with disability to be represented in film and TV? Yeah, good question. Thanks, Jason. Um, I guess, um, as I said, at a young age for children, young people with disability, um, that's what they see, um, mm. media, film, TV. Um, I guess that's the first things they see and probably what they remember. Um, so if there is um, real representation, um, just that sense of belonging. Um, so, yeah, I think um, look at role models um, can set up future goals and ambitions. Um, and I think it, overall it removes the stigma um, and negative stereotypes around disability and difference and diversity um, more generally as well. Um, so I guess it's really important for young people to see people like them on the screen. Um, so uh, it, I guess, yeah, normalises um, disability. Um, and I guess also for the wider community, um, it creates, I guess, more education and awareness. Uh, yeah. And um, so that maybe when they see people out in the community, different cafes, at different um, shopping centres, that it, it normalises it. So it's not foreign to them. Um, and it's not the first time they're seeing yeah. disability, um, which is often the case. So, yeah, um, I think they're kind of, two major um, major things of importance. But also I think like there's really quality and talented actors, artists, um, people yeah. in the media out there with disability, with lived experience. So um, they definitely deserve to be there from a human rights perspective. So um, yeah, very, very, very um, passionate about, um, yeah, I guess whether it's acting or film or media, um, people with lived experience um, getting included, yeah. And like you said, there's so many talented people that are A, missing out on jobs that, pretty much like are the best jobs for them. But B, the whole industry is missing out as well because they're missing out on like such a huge group of talented people because they're just like, you know, it's too hard or they don't even think about it. So it's the whole reason why we're doing this. So thank you. You, you talked a little bit there about um, awareness, Jason, and, and sort of the potential for media to bring that about. Is there one thing that you wish non-disabled people knew or did differently in relation to your own experience of disability? Yeah, great question. Um, there's many things. So um, to do it, uh, to get it down to one. Um, 
I think from my own like personal experience, um, I live with um, a couple of mental illnesses. So I think um, invisible disability um, is probably one for me that's really important to mm. increase that understanding of uh, in the community. Um, we've moved a long way um, with stigma around mental health, but there's a, a long, long way to go. Um, you've just got to look at social media when um, I've come from a sports background and when any sports star takes time off for their own mental health, um, that should be celebrated and giving them um, the yeah. downtime they need. But you look yeah. at the comments um, and it's hard. Obviously, yeah, it's hard to not read those comments, but, um, yeah, um, all very still quite neg uh, negative and stigma around it. Um, it's quite negative. So I think the community's understanding of mental health uh, and mental illnesses, yeah, would would really – I would really love that to change. Um, also, yeah. I think, like, coming from um, – a sports and events background, as I said, um, and yeah, still kind of an event management, um, more kind of conferences and that now. But um, I think accessibility um, being part of the planning and not an afterthought um, is probably mm. a big one that sticks out to me. Um, mm. So that's like in the design process of the venue, the travel, the um, communication, um, everything. So. I think um, it's often an afterthought, how do we fix this? Um, and yeah. then it's like, oh, let's take this person around the back to allow them accessible entry and it's not really inclusion at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think probably, yeah, those two things around um, the inclusion of mental health and understanding of mental health and also accessibility being at the forefront, yeah. Yeah, it's about being like proactive instead of reactive all the time. Like just put a bit of more like forethought and planning into the fact that it's like, and it's a whole thing like nothing about us without us as well, but it should just be like nothing without us, full stop. So everything should just be inclusive and accessible. <laughs> Let's just change the whole goddamn world. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, well, thank you so much for giving us a snapshot into your life and what you do, Jason. Um, I think it's about time that we get stuck into our first or our second, sorry, piece of media, um, our movie for today, um, which is A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place is a post-apocalyptic science fiction horror film streaming on Netflix. The plot revolves around a family who are struggling to survive and raise their children in a world inhabited by blind extraterrestrial monsters who have an acute sense of hearing. The daughter, Reagan, is congenitally deaf, so the whole family has the ability to communicate in American Sign Language. As such, the film is also captioned and there is very little spoken dialogue. The family's survival and evolutionary advantage through alternative methods of communication are partly owed to Reagan's disability. The actress who plays Reagan, Millicent Simmons, is also deaf herself. So, Jason, what, how did you feel about um, A Quiet Place, just to get the ball rolling? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. Um, very different to films I'd watched in the past um, or mm. seen in the past. Um, yeah, I think, like, if you look at the first scene um, and the first three things you see um, is a hearing aid, um, someone yeah. taking medication and sign language and there's captions and it's like wow um this is a different start like not many movies start like that um <laughs> and yeah uh, i think overall as you said um many many positives a few few things that could have been improved but i think overall um i think it increases the awareness and understanding um of the deaf and hard of hearing community um yeah. and i think it kind of um which um, i know you, you've talked about um in previous episodes and whatnot but 
around, um, um, I guess, any median kind of feel and the disability is generally scary, like the scary monster or yeah. um, kind of, um, and it's not really celebrated there. In this movie, the the kind of the powerful use of um, sign language is actually what kind of helps them survive. So it's like really the coping mechanism. It's a survival. So it's, um, it's, yeah. it's a yeah. superpower. So it's kind of the opposite of what's portrayed in other movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that so much. And, like, even, like, the use of, like, assistive technology in terms of, like, um, the cochlear implant, is it? I'm pretty sure that they use that to um, actually, spoiler alert, like, if you've come on and we're talking about A Quiet Place, there's going to be spoilers, guys. So, anyway, using that to, like, actually, I guess, like, defeat or destroy the monsters. So, um, for me, that was kind of cool as someone who has like a very obvious um, piece of assistive technology is in like my wheelchair um, people constantly look at that and look at it as like a weakness or something that's like holding me back so I loved the representation and showing that assistive tech actually can be powerful and is powerful not can be it is powerful Um, and in a supernatural world with freaky aliens it can actually (laughs) defeat them so i'd like to think that maybe my wheelchair could do that too somehow (laughs) and i think for me like the biggest thing was that um the actress who played the deaf character was actually deaf so that's like a massive win for me because probably one one of my biggest pet peeves and the things that i keep banging on about in this whole series is that there are characters with disability not very often but then even more often, it's like those characters are played by non-disabled people and I'm like, that is not okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was just really happy about that, I guess. Robin, what were your thoughts? Well, one thing that I found really interesting when I was, I was researching this movie that's, uh, you, know, you know, we talked a bit about the positives there, but um, obviously the, the film is predominantly silent and, and mm. um, it's sort of captioned um, American Sign Language. But apparently um, the, the very little spoken dialogue that there is, it's really hard to find a version of the movie where that is captioned for hard of hearing audiences. So um, strange. So it's really interesting like how, you know, on one hand they've sort of made this movie that celebrates the deaf community, um, but it's not actually fully accessible to that community. So Yeah, and that's a big thing I think that we explore throughout this as well. Um about the accessibility of content in itself. So um, I guess that, like, I don't really experience much other than, like, if, like, a cinema isn't accessible. So I find it, like, not hard to relate to, but I guess, like, I'm not the expert to speak on the topic. But, yeah, it's... I have heard from a couple of other friends that are deaf that um, that movie was not fully accessible and I just couldn't understand why like i was like yeah because even on apparently on netflix where you know they've made a real commitment to make sure that all of their content is pretty accessible through captioning like the version of the movie that's on was on there wasn't yeah. uh, fully captioned so yeah 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 exactly but it's like you've gone to the level to like be represented by having a character and then be yeah. representative by like hiring an actress that's having deaf, the actor. and then it's yeah. like yeah and then it's like oh and now we've missed this one but it just shows that like even the best, you know, the best jobs that are being done right now still have work to be done. Yeah. And I think that's something as well that we explore a fair bit is like if we've just like set the bar too low for ourselves, <laughs> like sometimes I watch a movie <laughs> like that and I'm like, this is so good. And then I'm like, but there was one character and it's like one movie sort of thing. So it's like mm. I think it would be very interesting in 
like as there's a sequel coming, in the sequel that's coming, how they continue the representation of people with disability yeah. and whether they have any other characters with disability. Because I, I feel like if they don't have so any others... I think that's others, really what frames... Yeah frames disability you know it isn't it isn't the one movie and sometimes say one movie might get you know trash but it, it's it's not just trashing that movie it's the fact that there is a predominant narrative within our society that constantly keeps getting reinforced exactly um so it was great to see this movie challenge that and sort of have you know the american sign language as the way that they sort of were able to survive um so yeah like you said it'd be really interesting to see how they go further with that and, and if there is you know that those sort of jumps for the community shown through the movie. Yeah, I, yeah, just similar to what you're saying, Robin. I've uh, I've read a few um, interviews from the director, uh, and they were like kind of celebrating the fact that um, yeah, the actor had lived experience, which we all said was um, such an important um, component of the movie. So yeah, really interesting as you mentioned the sequel, Jason. If they do um, if they do um, ensure that captions are throughout the whole movie, even if there are any verbal parts. So I'll be interested to see that in the sequel, if that if they correct that, yeah. I think, yeah, and just like the biggest thing for me is whether there's any other characters with disability because if there aren't, then it feels quite tokenistic to me because it's like, you know, Regan will be the only character still and it'll still probably just be that similar story and that similar narrative being played over. Um, and I guess like quite central to the whole movie because like I said, the um, assistive tech was used to, like, I don't know, like, kill that, the alien thing. So um, I guess they're going to continue exploring that. Like, they're going to continue how they're going to... They're going to continue exploring how they're going to continue using that uh, uh, cochlear implant to kill the monsters. But it's just about, like, whether they bring in some other form of representation because, yeah, we, we don't get mm. enough and it's, like, one little thing that, like tick box moment is not going to be enough for me, I think. So um, anyway, I'm blabbing on too much. Jason, what did you give uh, A Quiet Place out of five on the inclusive disability representation scale? Yeah, cool. Um, so my rating was four out of five um, yep. for A Quiet Place. Um, yeah, I guess we've covered the main aspects um, that, yeah, I guess the positives and where it kind of, could have improved um so yeah i think um yeah definitely in the right direction but as you said it's probably um it's on it's kind of like it's moving in the right direction but there's a long way to go as you said um i also thought the storyline um was quite interesting um when you see the journey of the child um where um at the start the father's quite um overprotective in a way and holds yeah. holds back um, and then throughout the movie, and probably not the same opportunities as the other children in the family, mm. um, but then yeah, the as the storyline goes along. And... Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting, and not everyone's experience, but like a lot of experiences that we hear is that is often the case um, in terms mm. of like not those same opportunities. So, and then in the end, it ends up saving the day. So it kind of shows that like everyone deserves equal opportunity. So I, I don't know if that's what they were trying to get across, but I, I was... Um, Maybe that's what I just took out of it, but yeah. No, I think that's a really important I point. That was, was a pretty real yeah. experience of sort of um, parenthood as well. Like when it comes to disability, you know, like often parents are quite worried about having a, a child with disability and, and how they might be disadvantaged, but then sort of they learn that, you know, it's not the end of the world and sort of start treating that, that child a little bit differently as they get older. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect too. Yeah. So, Robin, what did you give A Quiet Place out of five on the inclusive disability representation um, I, yeah, scale? I gave it for, 
four out of five as well. Oh, so, God. <laughs> yeah. We're in agreement. Again, I thought, um, you know, it, it was a real step in the right direction, sort of having the the um, actor, actress, sorry, with a disability portraying that experience authentically yeah. and, and sort of, again, like the use of American Sign Language, but just sort of falls short on that, um, you know, it wasn't fully accessible to the community it portrays. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm exactly the same. And I think for me, like, I'm four out of five as well. Robert and I always, <laughs> always the same, I swear. Uh, one day we're going to have something super contentious where Robin's like, it's a zero. And I'm like, no, it's a five. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I was exactly the same. And I just I keep saying, but I think they need to prove themselves in the sequel with the accessibility of the content and then also by being more inclusive, by having more characters with disability. Um, so, you know, even if it's someone that's, like, gets eaten, I'm just like, just be inclusive again. <laughs> like, have some form of other disability representation too. So... That's it for like our media analysis part. And I'm so grateful for both of you for joining me again today. And we really want to hear what you at home uh, have thought about um, our two pieces of media today. So we gave it our scores. If you disagree, let us know. If you agree, let us know. We want a bit of like contentious or contention happening on our socials and stuff too. So if you gave it a completely different score for a completely different reason, or if you feel like, you know, you've got some insight um, and some other points that should be raised, jump on our social media. If you literally just search um, Reframed Podcast on Facebook or Instagram, you'll be able to find us. Alternatively, you can email us at hello at reframedpodcast.com. And we would love to hear from you, to hear your scores, to hear your thoughts. Um, And also jump on so that you can um, hear a bit more about Jason and go and follow him and his story and follow Cider as well because they're amazing. Like I said, you want to um, start supporting their, their yearly summit because um, Robin and I might be back, hopefully, <laughs> and you just will never get enough of our voices. <laughs> thank you again for joining me, Robin and Jason, and thank you for everyone for following along. We'll see you next time. Always a pleasure. Bye. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Robin. Great to be here. Yeah. Bye.